The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62 east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Church, please take your Bibles, if you would, to Philippians chapter 3. Verse 12, Philippians, the third chapter, verse 12. You do indeed have time to take your mobile device there, your tablet, whatever it is that you use to get God's word. doesn't matter. Just make sure that you get it. So Christmas is over. Can you believe it, church? We've come to the conclusion of this year of 2020. And Christmas is behind us, and a new year is about to dawn. And there are many things, perhaps even most all of the things about this coming year that are uncertain. And we don't really know what will happen. But one thing I am sure of is that without God's Word, we're going to be as lost as a ball in tall weeds. Amen? So I hope that you are at Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12 where we read. It says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of what of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example, and note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it might be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord beloved. If you believe this is God's word, say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word that so clearly guides us in all things pertaining to life and godliness. It has given us everything that we need. So Father, let us see your word for what it is as a, as a light before us that will light the path of this next year ahead, uncertain of the things that we will come to, but certain that we will have your word to give us the navigation that we need and the Holy Spirit inside of us to see it and to encourage us to come alongside us in this journey. We love you for it. In Jesus' name, and all the church says, amen. So in the months of February and March, in the places of Canada and Alaska, there will happen two races, one called the Yukon Quest and the other called the Iditarod. 
these races are each 1,000 mile dog sled races. And over the course of these 1,000 miles that a dog sled musher with their 14 to 16 dog sled team, they will traverse mountains, treacherous mountains over the course of 1,000 miles. They will traverse rivers that are sometimes frozen, sometimes they are not frozen, and sometimes they have been frozen, thawed out into chunks, and then crammed up into be- these large protrusions out of the frozen ground that will completely freeze again, causing something that is called jumbled ice, which is absolutely treacherous to have to navigate across these frozen rivers. They will likely encounter animals. Wolves are popular in these areas, as well are moose. Those are actually the more feared animal. They can, a moose on a bad day can completely wreck an entire dog sled team. They will experience temperatures 40 degrees below Fahrenheit. And I've never experienced this kind of a cold, although this morning kind of felt like it. But, but some of my family members have told me that this kind of cold, is it makes materials act differently, that you can take, you can take a metal bolt or a nut and you can touch it at that kind of temperature and they says that it feels as if there's high voltage of electricity going through it because it freezes your skin so quickly that you can't even touch things in that kind of temperature because it behaves differently now although this treacherous journey over a thousand miles is indeed treacherous a dog sled musher will carry with them all the things that they need to successfully complete this journey They'll carry an axe with them to be able to clear down trees. They have dog food for the dogs and people food for the person, for the dog sled musher. They have straw to be able to put down on the snow so the dogs can stay warm at night. The musher will have a very high-quality sleeping bag that even in those freezing temperatures can keep them warm. They'll carry an alcohol stove so they can melt all the snow and have as much water as they need, clean, fresh water, as much as is necessary. They'll have beaver hide gloves and special boots and all the equipment. They've got this 14 to 16 dogs that will pull them across the finish line and see the completion of this, of this arduous journey. Now, the journey will be indeed difficult. They have all that they need to finish it, though. Christians today are facing not a thousand-mile race, but rather we're facing a new year, the year of 2020. And... We might not have actual mountains to traverse up and then down on the other side, but we potentially may have mountains of opposition that we will face this year as believers from our government or otherwise. We may not have frozen rivers with jumbled ice to have to navigate with 14 to 16 dogs in this sled that you hope doesn't break across this thing. We may not deal with that, but we indeed will deal with the frozen, jumbled up hearts of people both in and outside the church as the love of many grows cold. We may not deal with wolves and moose, but we'll deal with a different kind of beast, a different kind of false believers and false teachers, again, both in and outside of the church. We hopefully will not deal with 40 degrees below Fahrenheit, but we will deal with different situations, things that we've perhaps never, kind of like it was when we went into 2020, we'll go into 2021, and, and perhaps we'll deal with things that we never thought that we would traverse through and and things will be different technology is now different and all these things i mean if you tried to describe just a few years ago the idea of a live stream at a small church like this and all these things it's we're dealing with different kinds of things behaving differently now what we need for this journey head is not an axe and dog food an alcohol stove and a sleeping bag but what we need is indeed what we have and it's god's great love for the church amen
It's that we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have new hearts that God has given us. We have this Holy Spirit residing in us. We have His Word. And we have heaven waiting for us. Now, it may be a difficult journey. There's no doubt about that. But I'm convinced that we absolutely have everything that we need for this journey. Now, this Philippian church that we have been studying as we've gone through this series, through the book of Philippians in its entirety, we've noticed some interesting things, one of which being is that they were very much similar to that of us into this room, this very moment. They had opposition from the government, they had uncertainties, there were plagues that, and, and pandemics that went around in those days, and they had a strong trust in Jesus. There are many things that you could say, this is what the church at Philippi was like, and here's New Covenant Community Church in Johnstown, and, and many similarities between both of them. And we see that God, through Paul, comments on this journey ahead for this Philippian church, and I believe also for us and the journey that we have ahead of us. And I believe, church, with all of my heart, that we absolutely need to know what God says about this journey ahead. If you believe that also, everyone say, we need it. So I invite you now to look back to verse 12 that we have already read that we will read again in more detail. God says through Paul, says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So if you have something upon which to take notes this morning, the first point this morning that we see come out of this text is simply to press on. Everyone say those words with me. Ready, set, go. Press on. We must press on as we continue our spiritual journey, as our Christian walk of trusting in Jesus, yes, even in the year 2021. And you might say, well, Pastor Ben, 2020 has really gotten me tired. It's, it's spiritually beat me down. I feel spiritually burdened by all that's happened and all that may continue to happen in the year of 2020. But what, what I would say to you is the spiritual encouragement this morning of rub some dirt on it. We've got some work to do. There's, we still must press on and keep going and keep praying and keep worshiping and keep standing up for the truth. We must continue to press on is what God's Word says. Dog sled mushers will carry with them on thousand-mile races. They will carry with them a GPS beeper tracker button thing that they can press should they come into a time of great distress. And, and when they press that button, it signals to the team officials this race officials that, that this particular person has, has willfully scratched, willfully dropped out of the race, and from wherever they are in these thousand miles, multiple checkpoints along the way, obviously, but they will then work on getting the, that team out of there and flying them out or whatever it is that they need to do to get them out of the situation they're in. The interesting thing, though, is that in a thousand-mile race, there's a number of dog sled mushers that will hit the I quit button at mile 990. They will have traveled 900 plus miles and somewhere in that last leg of the journey, they will quit. They will give up. And the reason is simply is because they're tired. They're tired of being cold. They're tired of the great sleep deprivation that they're dealing with. They're tired of the race. They're tired and therefore they will bail out. It's no surprise to us that the devil tempted Jesus with food 40 days after Jesus had been fasting. Jesus was tired of of being hungry. He, he, he tempted him where he was weak. So I believe, church, as, as the devil sees what has happened in 2020, that very likely he will come against the church and he will say to them, they're tired. 
They're spiritually burdened. What else can we place upon them that will continue to make them more tired? But church, forget not that we are in this for the long haul. Forget not that what is at stake in this following Jesus, this journey that we are on together as a church of following and trusting our Savior. The salvation of some of our children is at stake. The salvation of some of your grandchildren are at stake. Whether or not you can get to the end of the year 2021 and be found faithful, be found pressing on, being found obedient to God's word, it is indeed at stake. I don't know about you, church, but I have already decided that as for me and my house, we're, we're going to serve the Lord. That, that should the Lord not come back for another few generations and my great, 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 some odd grandkids look down past the family tree, if they still have that Ancestry.com or wherever that website is where people can track their heritage and whatnot, I've already determined that what I want them to be able to say is not that, oh, look at Pastor Ben, he had this or did this, but I want them to be able to look down the family tree and says, there's old great-granddaddy Benjamin, he loved Jesus. That man pressed on. I remember the stories of your old great-granddaddy Benjamin, how he pastored a church through the pandemic of 2020, and, and there was great opposition that came from the government, or whatever it is that comes our way, that, that they're able to look back and say, he pressed on, he loved his Savior, and he was faithful. If you want that for you, say yes. So we are given, in God's Word, three specific ways in which we are to press on. And I'm not usually one for sub-points, but I think God's Word warrants it because we know that we're to press on, but look, if you will, to verse 12, and we extrapolate from it that we are to press on. So three sub-points under the press-on point is that we are to press on when not perfect or perfected. It says there in verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. You press on when there are temptations that you thought that you would be able to beat in 2020 that you have not. You press on when there's still family issues and things that are burden your heart that you continue to pray for, or a family loss that you're still struggling with that makes you cry all the time. You press on in those things. You press on when God is still shaping you into the image of His Son. You press on when things look different as they do for many of us after a year that we have just traversed. So sub-point number one there for press on is when not perfect or when not perfected. Number two is that we press on towards what Jesus has already won. Did you catch that there in the second part of verse 12? That I may lay hold of that which for Christ Jesus has laid hold of me or for me. We're not pressing on to something. We're not, we're not pressing in so that we can work our way to get to God. We're rolling straight in to victory. A dog sled mushroom will have a dog sled handler. And this is someone who will basically come alongside them and be at each of the checkpoints. In a thousand mile race, there are multiple checkpoints. And a course of a thousand miles takes anywhere from like six to ten days for these mushers to complete this journey. And at each one of these checkpoints, the dog sled handler will drive in a car or a plane or whatever they need to do to get to the checkpoints before the dog sled musher can get there. And when this dog sled handler gets there, what they do is they set up camp. They set up all the straw for the dogs. They have water going in the alcohol stove. They have everything set up such that when the musher rolls in, they don't have to then continue the work of all that they were doing and get everything set up. They roll into straight with everything perfectly and set up for us. And let it be the same for the church. Amen? That when we continue to press on, that we're pressing not towards a working towards holiness God, that we're trying to please God in this way. We're rolling straight into what God has already done we're working towards what jesus has already won for us the third sub point that we can put underneath press on is forget what's behind 
Say those words with me. Ready, set, go. Forget what's behind. There's some things about 2020 that I wouldn't mind forgetting about. Did you catch it there in verse 13? He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. Have you ever noticed that in your car, the rear view mirror is so tiny and the windshield is so big? I think it's probably a pretty good representation of the ratio at which we should be looking forward and looking behind. Forgetting what's behind and reaching forward. So the picture that we have here, church, of pressing on is not us marching into battle. 2020 is not a year of us marching into battle. 2020 and any other year as a believer, as a follower of Christ, is us marching into certain victory. So let us march faithfully and let the crud come as it may. I'm going to continue marching towards victory. So, so as the devil sees the church, as the de devil sees me and we're spiritually tired after the year that we just got done traversing, what I would say to him is, bring it on. I'm going to continue marching. Let it happen as it may. I'm going to continue marching. I don't care what bumps and bruises I get on the way because I'm marching into certain victory. I'm going into that checkpoint where everything is already completed, where a mansion is ready for me. So I'm going to keep marching, and I hope you do too. Say amen. Verse 15, as we continue on, it says, Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So if I could loosely paraphrase what it is that Paul is saying, I think what is being communicated to us through God's word is that, that mature believers, mature believers ought to have this mind, this same unity that, that was previously mentioned. Mature believers ought to have this press-on mentality, this press-on mentality when things aren't perfect, this press-on mentality that we're marching towards what Jesus has already won, this press-on mentality, forgetting what's behind and striving for what is ahead. We, mature believers ought to have that kind of view, which is why it's so vital, church, that we be in God's Word and digesting large portions of it and being discipled among this group of believers that we are moving towards this mature mind us together. But what I think he's also communicating there in verse 16, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. I think it was true for the church of Philippi, as it is here, that we have both mature believers and baby Christians, new believers. And then not, not to be the situation where the mature believers are just moving on ahead and, and striving on and pressing on, forgetting we ought to move forward together, God's word says. Walking in the same rule. So the second point this morning that you can write down is unity. Everybody say the word with me. Ready, set, go. Unity. And I don't know about you, but it seems like every other sermon we get to in this book of Philippians here, it's like unity is one of the points that pops up multiple times. And, and joy has obviously been a, a very reoccurring theme in this book. But as I have learned and studied this like I never have before, it sure seems like unity is also another overarching theme in this great amazing text that God has given us in the form of his word unity so let us move forward together in unity a dog sled team that has again 14 to 16 dogs running in a straight line running in the same stride the most incredible athletic animals you've ever seen in your life and they're striving towards the same goal to to traverse hundreds of miles of crazy terrain to get to the next checkpoint of the finish line depending on if, where they are in the race and and sometimes a dog can physically be just the greatest athlete ever. 
but they start, to, they start to mentally break down in the way that they just start fussing with the other dogs. And if you have a team of sled dogs that are 14 to 16 dogs, and one of them starts to emotionally fuss with the other ones, it upsets the whole apple cart. You get one dog that gets fussy about the position they are in the lineup of the team, and then that dog is bothered by this dog, and then it upsets the whole thing. And what a musher will do is, that, and they have bags specifically made for this, where they take the dog and they put them in a sack. And this red or blue type nylon sack has a zipper on it that they zip up to the dog all the way to its neck. <laughs> so this great athletic animal just looks kind of cute and pitiful when they sack them and they zip all the way up and they'll throw the dog in the sled where they can't, where they can't cause trouble anymore. And they'll continue marching on towards the goal ahead of them. Now, if you imagine to yourself a church that is striving towards the same goal, striving towards a gospel-preaching ministry, loving Jesus, faithful to His Word, marching towards that wonderful goal, fulfilling the Great Commission and being found faithful, and there would be people that would start to emotionally fuss. Can I just tell you, church, that I wish it was biblically permissible for me to take a bag? <laughs> Zip! And I know I'm being funny, church, but, and this is not a threat, I, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to be a bully from this pulpit, but I just want you to know that the pastor of this church believes and believes wholeheartedly in the church discipline as outlined in Matthew 18. I believe and believe wholeheartedly of warning a congregation of an individual sinning troublemaker in the church as outlined in 1 Timothy 5. I absolutely believe in those things. So I say graciously and kindly that if you don't like the way that this church is serving and loving Jesus and you don't like the direction that it's going, then just graciously leave. The invite is there to graciously exit the door, and that way we won't have to get our bags out and zip it up to your neck, and we'll just move on from there. Look, if you will, to verse 17. And all the people watching online, it's like, change this channel. <laughs> Who did we tune in to listen to this morning? He's a crazy man. All right, verse 17. It says, Brethren, join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the, are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. So the next comment that God makes on this journey ahead is, and the next point for us this morning is discernment. Everyone say that with me. Ready, set, go. Discernment. We ought to know whose pattern to follow and whose pattern not to follow. A dog sled musher can have a lesser team, but when they do the team meetings, then they can look around at the other teams that are going to be competing in this race. And if a musher has good discernment, they can figure out who the good teams are and who the not good teams are as in who the really high competitors are and who the dogs that are just, they're going to fall back in the lineup. They, they, they can figure that out. And if a musher can have that kind of discernment, they will know to put their team behind that really good one. Because if you can even take a much lesser team, but if, if you get your dogs excited about following the next great team ahead, your dogs will perform so much better because they're chasing. That's a big game of chase for them. Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise but the companion of fools will be destroyed. We need the discernment that only the Holy Spirit can give us. Amen. I don't know if you've noticed, and I, I do my best to try to 
I'm so busy here preparing sermons and loving people and guiding this church that I usually don't have much time to follow church politics. But if you do follow many church politics, you'll know that in the denomination as a whole that we willfully say that we would like to be a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, that they've had some hiccups and some problems over the past year and, and increasingly more so if we've gone through history. And, and, and hear me on this. I think that perhaps the great sin of Baptist circles in America today is a lack of discernment. When God spoke to the Corinthian church through the Apostle Paul in the books of 1 and 2 Corinthians, which we have in our Bibles today, the Corinthians had like every problem that you could have. It's like what, the question arises, what problems did they have? And the answer is all of them. Like they had every problem and they, they, were, they were going very wild in their services and, and God speaks to them very graciously and kindly of here's the structure your services need and all these things. And, and, and God explains all these things to them and then it gets to the end where, and then Paul says, God says through Paul, don't quench the Holy Spirit. And I believe that that has probably been the greatest sin of Baptist circles in America that the Holy Spirit has been quenched. The discernment has been greatly lacking because of that. And it's almost like a dog when people don't want their dog to bark. They'll sometimes have a procedure where they'll snip the vocal cords. And it's almost as if people have snipped the vocal cords or at least tried to snip the vocal cords of the Holy Spirit. And, and they're reaping the reward of not having good discernment as they traverse, especially the times in which we are in. So we must, we must have the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And it's something we ought to pray for that he gives us more of all the time. Now... Just a note about this, about this having discernment, knowing who to follow, knowing who to not follow. There in verse 18, it tells us that Paul was writing this while he was weeping, while he was considering these things of discernment, of who to follow, who not to follow, knowing what is good, knowing what is not good, all these things. He writes about some of those people that he, he did warn the church that God, it's very clear that we should distinguish between who to follow and who not to follow, but but Paul's attitude towards it was one of weeping, and this has really convicted me this week, and this really ought to convict a good number of you this morning, because our response as we go through, we ought not to have the attitude of, my church is better than your church, my congregation can beat up your congregation, we love the Bible more than you do, my pastor can beat up your pastor, like, like that ought not to be our prideful spiritual pride Yes, we ought to make the differentiation and make the differentiation known and clear, but it ought to be one of weeping. Why? Because it is a treacherous thing. It's a treacherous thing for the gospel to be distorted. If you were working on a ship and someone fell overboard and you saw one of the other people working on the ship, they grabbed one of those life preservers that has the rope and then it's, the rope is tied to the round ring. You all know what I'm talking about. Nod your head yes if you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and you knew that this thing was defective. You know that you saw earlier and you saw where there was a big gash in the rope. And sure enough, the person on deck, they throw it to the person that went overboard and the round flotation device just breaks right off the rope. And there the person is in the water and they grab not the whole thing. What they need to save them is the whole thing. And you watch and witness to yourself this, they, they get thrown just a piece of the whole thing that they need to save them, and the person's going to drown. If you hated that person in the water, your heart would be prideful about, I knew it wasn't going to work, I, I knew that that was the wrong one to grab. If you love that person in the water, you would have, I believe, we would have the same attitude that Paul did in weeping about the gospel being distorted. What a treacherous thing. So, so let us be humbled this morning, church. 
Let us remember, yes, absolutely make the distinction, make the differentiation between who you ought to follow and who you ought not to follow, and make that clear and plain, but, but, but let the people that are under that kind of preaching, let it break your heart for what it really is, that the gospel has been distorted. The only thing, that they, they need both pieces, they need the whole thing, they don't need just a piece. If you believe that and you're with me, say amen. So we ought to press on with unity and discernment. Look now to verse 20. It says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, if you're eagerly waiting the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Verse 21, who will transform our lowly body that it might be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. So our last point this morning that we can write down. Stand fast in Jesus' ability. Say those words with me. Ready, set, go. Stand fast in Jesus' ability. Do you know how many legitimate salvations this church will see in the absence of Jesus' ability this coming year? Zero. Do you know how many legitimate baptisms that we will see this year in the absence of Jesus' ability? Zero. Do you know how many legitimate people that we will disciple, legitimate discipleship? Do you know how much this church will go legitimately in the absence of Jesus' ability? Do you know how many sermons that I will preach in the absence of Jesus' ability this coming year? It will be zero if it's legitimate and if it's not in his ability that he has already won for us. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I can relate, especially as we get ready to move into this year. I feel like I can sometimes relate to Moses when he said there in Exodus thirty-three fifteen. And Moses says, Lord, if your presence doesn't go up before us, don't even take us up from here. If, if you don't go before us and prepare the way, I don't even want to go. I don't even want to lead those people. And sometimes we have in our mind this kind of great, noble picture of Moses. But the more I thought about it, the more I looked at that and looked at his life, it's, the more I realized that Moses, in a good kind of way, is almost like that kid that screams at the grocery store that's like, I'm not leaving the cereal aisle until I get my Frosted Flakes. And that's obviously in a bad way, but in a good way, Moses is saying, Lord, unless you go before us, I don't want to go. And, and that's been my prayer recently. I've been like that little kid that is at that grocery store screaming until they get with him. Lord, if, unless you're going to lead this church, unless you're going to go before New Covenant Community Church, I don't want to lead them into 2021. I don't want to lead my family to know and to love you unless you go before me and make the way and make it plain that your strong hand is indeed with us. So we are to press on, church, with unity and discernment and standing fast in Jesus' ability. If you are going to face 2021, this year ahead, and you don't know Jesus, man, I just, I mean, good luck is about all I know how to say to you. It's, I may go through the same stuff. This church may go through stuff as we face this year ahead, but there's two things that we will not face for those of us that know the Lord Jesus Christ, I will not go through this year with pending wrath and judgment over my sin. Why? Because Jesus has absorbed it for me. I will not go. I may go through all kinds of stuff this year. You may see me take some bruises this year. This church may take some bruises this year. But the one thing that we will not experience is this earth being the only heaven that we will ever know. We will not experience that because we put our faith and our trust in what Jesus has done. I'll end here with simply giving you the illustration of, um, you know, sometimes military and law enforcement will wear what are called rifle plates. It's body armor. It's like a, 
It's like a souped-up Kevlar bulletproof vest, but it's stronger. And really cheap, dime-a-dozen plates that you can put in these plate carriers that law enforcement and military will wear. They're cheap, they're everywhere, they're a dime a dozen, and they're really, really dangerous because what happens is if a bullet strikes it, the bullet's moving so fast that it fragments off into a bunch of pieces and it, it just bounces off of it and it can, it can harm the neck of the person that's wearing this type of device and, and their legs and it's, 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 it's not safe. It's not safe to wear these cheap dime a dozen type plates. They're everywhere, lots of people wear them, but they're very dangerous to wear in that type of atmosphere. But, but if you buy the most expensive ones, the most precious kinds of plates, these plates are not made of the same material. They're made of ceramics and other types of materials that are pressed together. They're very expensive. They're very precious, if you will. And the rounds don't simply skip off of them. What they do is they completely absorb it. And once it's absorbed and it's done, you, you, you need a new plate. And, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully none of us are getting shot at that regularly, that this would ever happen to any of us. But, but these types of plates, they absorb it completely, and, and they, they make sure that if it ever happens that this, this bullet ever strikes the person wearing this, that, that this thing is not going to fragment out and then cause harm to other parts of the body. You're saying, Pastor Ben, what, am I, what are you preaching to us? What I'm preaching is that the things that people wear, the cheap plates that people wear, the cheap things of trusting in your own goodness to get to God, the cheap things of other religions, they're dangerous, that when death comes, when the appointed once to die and then to face the judgment, as God's Word says, when that time comes, it's a dangerous thing. It may look like other things. It may look like other religions. It may look like a person's going to be really good standing before God because they're a great person and they give their money and they do all these things, but... But what they're wearing is indeed dangerous. But if you're wearing Jesus, who does not simply deflect things elsewhere, but absorb the blow of wrath gods for us, it indeed keeps us perfectly, perfectly safe. Those precious things, the most precious thing that we have is Jesus. And he's not like other people. He's a different material. He's not just a man, but he's God and man. As we just saw on Christmas, he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. So because he's different than us, and because he's precious, because he's the most valuable thing, and he absorbs that blow for us, we're indeed kept perfectly safe. We can come to the worship now. So I hope that you are going into this year and that you know Jesus. Would you stand with me? I'm excited for this year. Scared to death a little bit too, but, but I'm going to keep marching faithfully. And I hope that you are along for this journey together, wearing the, wearing the safety that only Jesus can provide and not wearing something that's false, something that's cheap, a false sense of security that's just a dime a dozen that, that will not save you should your life be required of you this year. I hope that you have the thing, the only thing that can save you and keep you perfectly safe, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, by trusting in Him, turning from your sin, and trusting and believing that He is who He said He is. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Jesus, what a wonderful thing that you have done, making it such that we can be kept perfectly safe perfectly safe in eternity because of who you are you're not like men you're God and man because of what only you are able to do 
and absorb the blow that only you could absorb. We love you for it, Jesus. Let us go through this year joyful and unity together with great discernment and knowing that we are going to roll in at the end of our days, be it this year or be it a hundred years from now, that you have it all set for us, all figured out, and a mansion waiting for us in heaven. Let us march steadfastly with that knowledge, with that truth of your word. We love you for it. In Jesus' name. And all the church says, these altars are always open. Join together.